personally, being black in America, I couldn't, I personally could not do it. Mm -hmm. I could not do it and I wouldn't, I wouldn't even consider it. Hello, I just wanted to hop in and let you know that throughout the episode there were some connection problems and so there will be bits that uh, cut off a little unexpectedly or, you know, the sound is kind of weird. But bear with me because this was a really, this is a super worthwhile episode and the conversation was very helpful, honestly. Thanks. Love you. Listen in. Bye-bye. Uh, sorry. I don't love you. I don't, I don't know who you are, but I do appreciate you for listening. Hi. Hello. <laughs> so today I have with me Gina from Conversations with Culture on uh, YouTube and Journey with Gina on Instagram. Yeah. She makes videos about self-care, mental health, um, and all around like wellness for black women and that's why that's how I found her (laughs) hello (laughs) um yeah I think it would be tone deaf for us not to address the current state of the world (laughs) of course yeah of course um I mean yeah how do you how are you right now how's it going um I think initially I found the, okay, so initially, when George Floyd was murdered, mm-hmm. I didn't anticipate the response that we are having now. Mm-hmm. So I think it may just be me, but I can become quite desensitized to these types of things because I'm turning 30 in a few weeks, and this is nothing new to mm-hmm. the West. This is just what we've been seeing um, for a long time. So I think I have there's a part of me that has become quite desensitized. I didn't anticipate it to be, to have this type of an impact on me personally. um, I don't know. I haven't really processed it all. I think initially it made me quite um, anxious because I wasn't sure if this is what is going to cause the States to have some sort of a civil war. If I'm honest, I wasn't sure if this is what the tipping point was going to be. Um, And then I would say maybe a few days in after sort of posting and reading a lot, I just thought for my own sanity, I'm just going to take a break because this is not helpful. Um, And I've kind of just been sitting back observing the situations and noticing or evaluating who actually cares about black lives, um, who are the allies. Mm-hmm. Um, who has previously participated in um, the silencing of black women, but are now very vocal when black men have passed away. Mm-hmm. And so I've just kind of taken to who I need in my group, um, who I'm going to be supporting and who I'm not going to be supporting. Um, and I've kind of, so I'm in that period at the moment um, of just observation, just kind of seeing what's, you know, what's going on, how the climate's going to move. Yeah, yeah. What's it been like over there? Because, yeah, the I mean, as much as we may have similar issues, I don't, I personally, being black in America, I couldn't, I personally could not do it. Mm-hmm. I could not do it and I wouldn't, I wouldn't even consider it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, 
what has it been like? It's, uh, that's slightly tough for me to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, partially because I went home for Mother's Day mm-hmm. and then have stayed for approximately a month. And it was my intention to go back to, I live in Philadelphia. Um, and so where my parents live is very much the suburbs. And mm-hmm. um, a, it's not exactly Trump country. It's mm-hmm. not like Trump country, but it's more Republican, I think, than... Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, or, I don't know. It's, I don't... I've... Mm, I definitely went to school with kids who wore like Confederate flag t-shirts and they were like, this isn't offensive. This is history or something. Okay. Um, Okay. So I definitely grew up around that kind of thing. Right. Okay. It was never, I wouldn't consider this town, which I'm specifically not naming, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, to be aggressive in any of its political beliefs. Right, okay. Um, So I do feel like I've been in truly a bubble. Right, Um, However, I did just find out that we we are going to have a rally. By the time this comes out, we would have had that rally. And I was very surprised by that, Mm -hmm. truly Mm -hmm. shocked. Um, So that, that's like my perspective at this moment. But at the same time, I have like my friends who, my roommate who's still in Philadelphia and other people who are living all over the States and it's not good. It's like not good right now. I'm very concerned about the fact that in Philly, for instance, there have been 500 new cases of corona since the protests have started, which makes perfect sense, right? Mm -hmm, Because everyone's mm -hmm. gathered. Um, But when you think about it, with COVID, Black people were already disproportionately affected Mm -hmm. um, and, like, dying from this. And I would assume Black people are the majority of people who are in these protests. And so I'm like, dang, like, no matter what we do. (laughs) I know. I know. Yeah. So things are, yeah, it's been, it's weird. It's tough. I also have this whole third complex. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've been talking a lot. Sorry. Um, No, no, go on. Where my parents are Jamaican and I've- Oh, likewise. Well, my mom's Jamaican. My dad's Vincentian. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've always grown up a little bit separated from- Mm -hmm the black American experience, especially since my parents were in the military. So we also moved around. So I have so many layers right now. Mentally, I've always categorized myself as a little bit different, not in any kind of like, I don't mean that as like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Different is not bad. Yeah. Yeah. I (laughs) think I just didn't want it to be misconstrued as Mm -hmm. I'm literally just saying different, not with any connotations. yeah, all of this is weird. Mm-hmm. It is. We're living in a very interesting time. Um, so, yeah, we'll just see the coming <laughs> days. We'll just see what's what's going on, what's happening. Yeah, I'm very afraid that nothing will change. What do you think? It's so funny you mentioned this because I, a friend of mine 
um yeah so we were speaking this morning and i saw that i think it was in washington that they've made a black lives matter what do you guys we call them streets or roads but you guys yeah call, yeah it's a street it's a street right mm-hmm. um and so i am personally surprised that that okay so this is my honest opinion i think mm-hmm. it's, it's silly of us to um, expect anything from white supremacy so that I'm not calling out individuals I'm talking about a collective um, ideology right yeah I don't expect anything to change um, when it comes to capitalism and white supremacy I don't expect anything to change personally I think if we want to see change we have to unite together and that doesn't mean just black people that means anybody black people and our allies mm-hmm. we need to band together and almost um, be the change that we want to see so, um, yeah, so we were having a chat about um, that this morning and um, I've lost my train of thought now. <laughs> Whether or not uh, things will change. Right. Oh, sorry. And so, um, yeah, we were having a chat about it this morning and um, I said to her, I'm quite surprised because I expected nothing. So to see this is something. Mm-hmm. And she says that we, as black people, we need to stop being pacified, pacified by things like this right. um, because nothing actually has changed. Um, they're just doing things every sort of 50 years or so to mm-hmm. pacify us so that we be quiet and uh, sort of get in line in the meantime. Um, whether or not things will change, um, Oh, I don't know. The pessimist in me says no. Um, and the optimist in me is, is hopeful. But mm-hmm. I don't know because I think it's a lot of learned behaviour. Um, right. So I don't know if there's going to be a change or not. I have no, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm very, I think, I think for me, I don't see how we can uh realistically dismantle capitalism and i think that no capitalism is the root of a lot of these systematic issues Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so that is the thing that's concerning to me and it's not that i don't know what we can do in place of capitalism that's very clear (laughs) what i'm Mm -hmm. more thinking about is like so the people who have the tools and would know how to transition us into something else, it's like, will you ever be in a position where you can? Will enough of them even be in a position where you can? I think it's the numbers that are more the issue than the people, because I think there are probably a lot of people who are interested, but mm-hmm. don't really feel that they have the numbers to back them. So yeah, stuck a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Well, mm, we'll see. We will see indeed. Um, seamless transition mm-hmm. uh, happening right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so through all of this, you've mentioned that you're taking a break. You're taking a step back from mm-hmm. posting and maybe social media generally. Is that one of your... Um, go-to strategies for self-care? I don't know. I wouldn't say it's a strategy, no. But what I would say is um, you have to listen to whatever it is that your body is telling you that it needs. I think that's more the strategy than withdrawing from social media because um, some people can scroll through through social media, sorry, and um, 
not be affected by anything that they see. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend withdrawing from social media. I think a lot of the things that I mention on my YouTube videos are stuff that will just work for me personally. And then whatever um, sits with you or resonates with you, that's something you can incorporate into your life. But um, no, I think it was it was more just listening to myself and thinking, okay, so um, seeing this much negativity is not helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not helpful for me. And uh, I also was getting a bit annoyed um, at how much we were talking about essentially black black men's lives and not really talking that much about black women's lives. And so I thought now's not the time for me to inject this idea. It's not appropriate. Right. Um, so, and instead of me looking through um, social media and being um, almost sad and slightly irritated at the same time, let me just sort of take a, a step back um, and just sort of give myself however many days or weeks it is that I need off. And so that's kind of where I am at the moment. So, yeah, I've been leaving my phone like in the other room for three days, basically. Um, much to the dismay of my mm-hmm. friends. <laughs> um, yeah. But I'll also say that some characters from way back when that I don't mm-hmm. think about are suddenly reaching out to me, asking mm-hmm. how I am. And though mm-hmm. I see the intention in that, um, now is not the time that I would like to chit chat with you, Rebecca. Like, <laughs> are you? Yeah. So the thing is, I have mixed views on this actually because I have a few white friends, mm-hmm. and um, I think they're. I'm not looking at some of them are silent, some of them not, are not. I'm not looking at their silence to. I'm not going to interpret what their silence means, mm-hmm. um, because some of them I assume don't really know what the right thing to say is if this is their fight if this is because I think on the surface to somebody who is not emotionally involved um, in this it may just look like a a black issue Mm -hmm. as opposed to a racism issue or do you see what I mean yeah um and so I'm not really taking everybody's silence as a reason to sort of you know cut you out of my life um two of my white friends in particular reached out to me one of them's from upstate new york actually and um and those british and uh my friend in new york we d- we have chats anyway we don't we don't i don't really need to you know sugarcoat the things that i have to say but my friend who's british she reached out to me and asked me you know how i, I was and how you know, how I'm dealing with, like, my housemates during this COVID period. And I saw that it's almost like she wanted a way in, but I didn't, I wasn't in the mood to to have that conversation then. But um, I don't really mind if people reach out personally, because, I mean, everybody's entitled to do whatever it is that they want, um, but I I don't have to reciprocate, that's the only thing. But I don't mind if you reach out. Hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah for me it's the people that it's it's also interesting because all of this is happening inside of a global pandemic 
mm-hmm. I think we should keep thinking about. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so I feel like the people who I didn't speak to at any point in the two or three months mm-hmm. of uh, social distancing. Yeah. Then there's no need for you or not no need. Uh, I see what you mean. Yeah. It's like the people who there are my white friends who have reached out to me that I had a conversation with three weeks ago. And I see what you mean. Yeah. 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 Okay. Fair enough. That's the only thing that's kind of agitating where it's like, I, no, I don't need, I don't need to speak to you, nor do I, (laughs) I don't know, whatever. Um, (laughs) When did you, why, why is self-care the platform that you chose because it for me it's very obvious black women have been taught to put themselves secondary to most things in their lives um Mm -hmm. we're taught to at the most maybe take care of ourselves externally at most Mm -hmm. um but when it comes to any type of emotional health or well-being i mean culturally speaking so my parents are from the caribbean i've got friends whose parents are from um, that from African descent and uh, similar we've got similar problems um, so our voices are often silenced um, and then obviously that ripple that has a ripple effect and so I think we grow up learning that taking care of ourselves comes in the form of either education or attaching ourselves to somebody who can better our lives somehow um, and I'm not here for it I'm not here for it. And I come from a, my mum is incredibly, incredibly outspoken. Mm. Um, and yeah, my mum's very outspoken. And I do remember as I was growing up, sort of entering my sort of late teens into my early twenties, um, a few of the ideas that I had um, were not welcomed by peer groups, especially the males around me. Um, and uh, and so it isolated me slightly. And now as I, luckily I stuck to my guns, but as I grew older, um, it's almost like I, um, I wish I'd maybe spoken out a little bit more in order to kind of help the women that I was around as well. I don't know yeah. if that makes a lot of sense, but yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's also why, that's part of how I found your channel, actually. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, I would like self-help that's not from someone using like a beige uh, LUT on mm-hmm. all of their videos. I've yeah. seen it, Yeah, I get it. <laughs> you know, you love pastels. <laughs> Yeah. Pastels are calming things. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I also just was really tired of it's it's partially why I started this podcast as well. Is like I'm super tired of hearing about all these things that I'm interested in, but the people I'm hearing about it from and like the people I'm learning from cannot, because it's not their reality, take into account mm-hmm. the things that like the 17 different layers that hundred percent we 100%. have to think about. Yeah, 100%. And and with respect to them, they can't speak about something that they have no understanding of. Right. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's not their reality. It's not something they can really understand or unpick. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, the the market's saturated with self-care when it comes to putting on face masks and things like that, but not that much 
for black women to do with how to take care of their their mental health mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there can be a stigma with mental health especially as caribbean people mm-hmm. <laughs> um and i wonder did you face any of that or like any backlash from family or friends um no no I didn't not that I can recall at the moment no I don't think I did um I think the if you want to call it backlash it was just me trying to process it myself just not really understanding why I was feeling the way that I was feeling but no um no, I didn't have that much backlash, but because by the time I had decided to sort of sort myself out and go into therapy, I was 25, 26 years old, somewhere around there. So, I mean, can't really tell, not that you can't tell me anything, but this is my life. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if that's going, that's going to be everybody's experience. So that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, yeah, I didn't have, there wasn't that backlash. And also I wasn't overly vocal about the things that I was doing mm-hmm. with my family and friends. It was very personal to me. So I didn't feel the need to necessarily have a sit down with my mum and dad and tell them that I'm going into therapy or anything like that. So, mm. Yeah. Do you find that your audience is... Um, maybe let me ask this way do you know the approximate age bracket of your audience yeah yeah so I think it's but they YouTube gives you the analytics I think it's 18 between 18 and 30 Mm. Um, that's the brackets Mm -hmm. um but but yeah something around there Mm, yeah why'd you ask I wondered how old people were and like Mm. just because you mentioned by the time you were 25 even if you were vocal like I see what you mean I can't forbid you from doing something (laughs) since Um, yeah so I was wondering if it's like oh if 13 year olds for instance are like watching your videos or I'd be horrified if a 13 year old was watching my videos (laughs) like I'm not going to lie to you I'd be horrified because if you're 13 and watching so I'm giving you self-care from like the other end, the other side of the tunnel, if that makes sense. So if sure. you're watching, my presumption is that you're looking for a video to help with the situation that you're going through. Mm-hmm. And so to think that there's a 13-year-old potentially having major bouts of anxiety or is struggling to... Um, like learn how to create boundaries and I I would be horrified I feel like at that age just kind of be free and Mm -hmm. enjoy your life and I'd be quite concerned if they had to worry this much about their self-care enough to go and seek out something if they stumbled across my video then fair enough but Mm -hmm. if they were online seeking out some sort of I'd be very yeah I'd be very worried Mm. I think it's, I think anxiety and depression are moving younger and younger, though, every year. Sad. Well, maybe not every year, but Mm. certainly. I don't know. I mean, to be fair, when I think back, there wasn't a name for it when I was growing growing up, but I've always had anxiety. I just didn't know what it was. I just thought I was scared of everything. Mm -hmm. 
that's what I thought. I just thought I'm just a scaredy cat. Like I'm always afraid of everything. Um, I'm always nervous about everything. I didn't know that it was anxiety. Um, so yeah, I guess, yeah, I see what you mean. How would you define anxiety? My, me personally, mine is literally like a low level fear that just kind of sits with me all the time. Mm. So mine is not linked to, I know there's some people that have like social anxiety, for example, mine's not linked to anything um, in particular. I'm just, I just have, it's almost like it just is inside of my body. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm incredibly, um, is nervous the right word? No, it's it's actual fear. It's almost like um, sometimes I'll just be in my room and uh, the amount of anxiety I have, I feel like I need to go running mm-hmm. because I have a lot of adrenaline pumping through my body. And nothing necessarily will be happening. Yeah. But I have this, it's almost like I'm on edge, like I'm waiting for lightning to strike at all times. It makes my body very, like physically very tense. It can make my chest quite tight. Mm-hmm. Um it can make me quite like twitchy, I guess, at a little bit, like you physically, you'll be able to see that I'm anxious sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, my personal anxiety is just almost like feeling like a bomb is about to hit, but all the time. So you wake up, yeah. the moment you are conscious when you wake up, that feeling of, okay, a bomb could potentially hit at any moment mm-hmm. is there until I fall asleep. It just mm-hmm. kind of, it's just yeah. part of my life. Yeah that seems like a lot of brain power to like or taking up space in your brain at all times of the day a hundred percent yeah it's incredibly draining and that's why I take breaks from YouTube I'd love to be more consistent Mm -hmm. on YouTube but emotionally speaking I don't have the capacity to do it consistently for a long period of I don't because in the creation of my videos not only is there time an effort involved but I have to almost like revisit things not and that's not necessarily a bad thing but revisit things so that I can help whoever's watching right so that it's just a lot going on so after a while um I just I'm just it feels tiring the thought of even putting content out makes me want to fall asleep Mm. Mm. is it ever in your plan to monetize YouTube I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'd be lying if I said I wouldn't want to monetize it. The only thing is, I, it's weird because I, I want to monetize it because I want my efforts to feel like it's paid off right? You know, on a monetary side of things. I'd like mm-hmm. to feel like the amount of, like my equipment that I buy, for example, is not cheap. So I'd like to feel like that somehow I'm rewarded isn't the right way but I'm talking in terms of finances that would be nice right. feeling but but if I'm honest it's a bit of a it's a bit of a sticky one because I don't want to become a like a YouTuber influencer famous per, like I don't I haven't when I tell you I have absolutely no interest mm-hmm. in being a famous YouTube whoever absolutely no interest if anything I'm I'm trying to I kind of um shying away from it a little bit mm-hmm. um but yeah, definitely, I'd, I'd like to have my channel um, monetized. I'd be lying if I said that I didn't. Mm. That's, it's very interesting that you know that. I think it's great that you know that is not the path that you're trying to 
Yeah, no. That's not a goal for you? No. Um, <laughs> I recently discovered um, that I, I want to be a star. <laughs> like, a what? I don't, a star. <laughs> oh, why? Okay. I don't want to be um, mainstream famous because I think that would take too much. I'd have to spend too much time on my appearance, which I don't care very much about. <laughs> um, but I would like a, a small but devoted followers. <laughs> that's fair. No, that's what I would like. I just don't, I want, do you know what it is? I want to still maintain my privacy. Yeah. And the days where I don't feel 100%, I'd like to be able to go to the local supermarket and not have people coming and talking to me because I don't, I, like I was explaining to you about my anxiety, sometimes I don't have the energy to, mm-hmm. I don't have the energy to give um, when it comes to, like interactions with people sometimes I just don't have that energy in me and so yeah I don't want I just I want my private I like my privacy (laughs) yeah that makes perfect sense yeah um you've mentioned not here actually you have a Mm -hmm. video about journaling and how Mm. impactful it has been on you Mm -hmm. and I would love to learn more about your how you first got into journaling and the ways that it helps you Ah, okay. So I used to, I have very vivid dreams Mm. um, because I, yeah, I don't know why. I've always just been a very, I'm always a dreamer. And um, I went on a, a, I wouldn't call it a backpacking trip. I went to a few countries in Europe when I was about 24. And um, it was the first time I ever had a dream within a dream. Whoa. Which frightened the shit, sorry, which frightened the (laughs) life out of me. Okay, yeah, it frightened the shit out of me. And um, and so I decided to, like, write it down because I thought to myself, like, this is, cre- this is creepy. Um, so, yeah, if you can imagine you're dreaming, you wake up and you think you're awake mm-hmm. and then you wake up again in your dream and then you think, wait, hold on a sec. And it's just that, that feeling of, like, is this reality or is it not? So I started journaling my... I wouldn't say journaling, I started noting down my dreams. Um, And then um, I got to about 25 maybe, and I went to Indonesia for a a few weeks by myself. Mm -hmm. And I bought my dream journal, dream diary with me. Uh Um, And I was just on one of like the offshore islands in Indonesia. And I thought, you know, I'm going to take it to the beach with me. And then I was going through a really bad breakup and I thought to myself, I might as well just write about it and just, I just see, yeah, just see how it goes. So I was writing about it. And um, as I was writing, there was some things that I was saying and seeing it on paper made me really question what was going on in my head that I wasn't aware of, if that makes sense. Um, so I wrote, I remember writing down on a piece of paper, um, either this person made me feel disposable or I feel disposable, one of the two. And seeing those words, I can still see it in my head, seeing those words on paper, I thought to myself, hold on, is that really what I think of myself? Or is that what I think this person thinks of me? And it was after that experience, I thought to myself, do you know what? I need to, I need to have these two things in check. I need to know what's going on inside of my head because that's obviously going to come out in my behavior. Um, and so I started journaling from then. 
I took that journal back to London. I still have it. It's not, it's just like right behind me here. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have it. And uh, yeah, I've been journaling ever since. Mm. I started journaling in, uh, in earnest a year ago, like trying to be very mm-hmm. consistent about it. And what I've enjoyed most is one access to my past wisdom. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many times I have learned the same lesson. (laughs) (laughs) And there have been, there have been moments where um, a really actually slightly tangential example, um, but it's all in the same kind of energy is my friend really likes to make vodka sauce pasta Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and every single time when he puts the vodka into the tomato juice I'm like oh is that what makes it orange and I've asked him three times and he's always (laughs) like no it's obviously the cream and (laughs) every single time that I have asked him no the last two times I asked him I was like oh I wonder if I'll remember this time because now I know that you've told me this. And that's exactly what, like, having a journal and having, like, access to multiple volumes Mm -hmm. (laughs) in my life has -hmm. been so interesting to be like, oh, I already, I learned this already. Yeah, yeah. With the program a little faster. Um, Do you reread your old journals? Um, not often. I haven't reread a full journal, but I have, like, flipped through sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I find that the thing... I never read it when I'm like in need of something, to be frank, unless I know specifically I wrote down some sort of system for mm-hmm. processing something. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, where is that? But that's like, that'll be a page that's tagged. But I do kind of like leaf through them and see if anything funny comes out or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I recently found this journal from my elementary school and I oh. lived in, in North Florida okay. in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was not a very good situation at the time. Um, yeah. It was like the, um, who was it? Obama and Romney, I believe. Mm-hmm. Or no, it was the guy before that, McCain. I think okay. it was Obama and McCain. Um, it was that election period. And I went to a private school mm-hmm. that was, and so they were allowed to talk about poli- I don't really know the situation, but oh gosh, every yeah. conversation we had was about politics, yeah. but it was never fair-sighted. And I was one mm-hmm. of two Black people in the room. And it was like, God. I just kept, I, I, read, <laughs> I read through this journal. I actually read through all of that. It, there wasn't a lot because I was in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, but not I was not okay I know yeah yeah I was I was about to ask like how was that but yeah I, I can was imagine really super not okay and I kept writing these things about like I one of my poems was called kidism and mm-hmm. it was just clearly that I was describing a situation with racism but at the time it mm. didn't I didn't know that that's what it was I didn't know that that's yeah. what happening I yeah. just knew that I was getting in trouble all the time. And I was like, what's happening to me? Like, mm-hmm. why am I so bad? Or like, why? Like all these things. That's horrible. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it is interesting though to see. I now, I don't know. It's interesting that I have a connection to that person again. Because it's not like I forgot yeah. any of that stuff. Yeah. But to have that wound like truly opened again, I was mm-hmm. like, dang. 
game? I think the first time I read, I, I hadn't remembered that I kept a journal while I was at university. Mm-hmm. And I, I only, I didn't keep it for very long, only for a few weeks. And uh, yeah, I read back at sort of like the 18 year old me and I thought, for goodness sake, Gina, just get it together. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. It was almost, it was sad and sort of like, I was just face palming the whole time because I thought, like you know it you, mm-hmm. like it's inside of you you know it come on Gina you can do it but yeah. um yeah it took me years to just same mistakes I guess it takes you mm-hmm. a while to True. to learn how to do something different yeah yeah I think that is what it is really it's like mm-hmm. I think we're as creatures not inclined to change something if it gets us somewhere even yeah. if that's not the place that we want to go 100% like there's so many levels of awareness where you need to be like this place over here is toxic so I'd like to stop being there that's like step Mm -hmm. one and then step two is how do I change my patterns that I have ingrained in me for decades Mm -hmm. to go somewhere else you know yeah 100% yeah I agree dang (laughs) we live and we learn well I mean we live hopefully we'll learn (laughs) yeah yeah I also think that it's kind of a good sign to be face palming at you know a journal from your past right because at least you've learned <laughs> yeah actually I didn't I didn't think about it that way yeah 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 I think I would be quite disappointed if um my journals if it was just a bit of an echo chamber after 10 years I'd be very disappointed <laughs> yeah yeah definitely um hmm what shall I say where where have you found your tribe for talking about self-care? How do you mean? Do you mean as in what platform? Ooh, I didn't think of that. <laughs> I, yeah, because yeah, everybody, everyone's sort of scattered around the world. So it would probably be, it'd probably be YouTube because that's the platform that I'm most um, vocal on. I don't use Instagram loads. I not that concerned about taking selfies and uploading them or mm-hmm. like taking photos of my food and stuff I'm just I don't really care that much mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way to get the message out with slightly less effort because I have to set up my camera my lighting my audio connect it to my computer then download it all sync it all and then edit it all and then upload it all and it just it can just take it can take a really really long time mm-hmm. um and sometimes it's that process that kind of puts me off wanting to create content um okay. so i think long term i'd probably want to transition the tribe if we want to call it that off of youtube and maybe somewhere else where creating content is slightly less laborious maybe mm-hmm. yeah Hmm. have you considered a podcast I have um but do you know what it is I like the intimacy of um sort of like a interactive video that type of thing so I did a my first Instagram live yesterday Hmm. um just talking about um black women being in therapy um and I prefer that actually Ah. because people can comment as you're talking um you can get a sense of whether or not things are hitting home so then you kind of know what you can expand on for example whereas with youtube 
I mean, I couldn't tell you. Most of the watch time is under sort of like four minutes. So you don't know. Yeah, you don't know where people's heads are at during um, during your con- well during your videos. So I'm just trying to think long term. I need to sort of set up shop somewhere. Um, so IGTV potentially maybe where I'm heading, or maybe YouTube Live. But then that also, I think it's like 95% of my followers are in the States. <laughs> so you so, I'm in the UK, so I don't really know how that's going to work either because, yeah, I, it's just trying to figure out what, what's going to work. So, yeah. yeah, I'll figure it out as the weeks go by. It's all a process. Yeah, it is. It is. Mm. That's interesting, though, that you that you liked Instagram Live. I think I haven't heard that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does make sense. It is interactive, but you keep the you have that face to face feeling. But mm-hmm. you can also have like the live reactions. Yeah, and that you can't edit. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. You can't edit it, and I can't. So naturally, I'm not that PC. Mm-hmm. but I know that when it comes to anything that you put out, any tiny little thing that you say, somebody is going to be upset and crying about it. Um, I mean, even the other day, people were complaining that I, sh- I shouldn't be making video, the cheek of it, that I shouldn't be making videos specifically for black, for black people because mm-hmm. somehow that's racist. Right. So whatever you do, somebody's going to have an issue with it. And so with something that's live it's almost like it it's um yeah I have to just mind my p's and q's completely um, because you can't edit it out you can't take any of your words back once you've said them so Mm -hmm. I yeah I have a really tough time with that because I will absolutely start on a train of thought and then I'll finish it for the guest, but I'll be like, none of this can make the episode like this. I really, yeah. I mean, it's only happened a couple times, but there are things where it's like either the way that I say it initially requires me to speak for 10 minutes to Mm -hmm. explain how it's not offensive from my perspective Mm -hmm. or I just like or I cut all that out yeah. and I just and it's okay. And part of it is a learning curve of how can I both embrace that I have controversial opinions. Every yeah. single person has an opinion that mm-hmm. clashes with someone else's opinion. Um versus I have a mouth and I think I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes the things I say are not as funny as they can be harmful. Not yeah. that I, I don't say like offensive jokes or anything. It's mm-hmm. just. No, I see what you mean. Yeah. Either way, somebody's going to be upset about something. It's true. Yeah. And I, I'm not trying to please everybody, but I don't want to be offending everybody. That's the only thing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so there's been a lot of videos I've actually recorded and not uploaded mm. because I just thought to myself, whilst I don't find this offensive. How much? That's kind of full circle. Because mm-hmm. earlier when I was saying, I still want to do this podcast and I still want a lighter air to be around the content that I mm-hmm. create and put out mm-hmm. there because that's what I'm drawn to. Mm-hmm. But how much 
should we be censoring ourselves for the potential five people who would be offended by this? Um, I guess it depends what's at stake. Yeah. For me personally, like I was saying, I like my privacy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess if I didn't, if my privacy wasn't in my mind at all, I could maybe be slightly more bold and anticipate that at some point this may spark something. But because I want my privacy, I I almost stay away from highly controversial topics, Um, even though I don't think they're that big of a deal. Like interracial dating is not that big of a deal to me. Um, I find it a bit strange that we're still talking about it because you can just, you're an adult and you're dating shouldn't really. And I think, and that's initially why I decided to record that video because I thought, why are we still talking about this? Like, I don't understand why we're still talking about this, but yeah, but I just, I'm not really that concerned about offending people. It's more just Mm -hmm. that I don't want the, I don't want my, what I'm trying to do tarnished. I think it's that part of it. Yeah. I don't want what I'm doing tarnished. Um, And I don't want anybody to take away from the message because I made a comment that you find offensive. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Hmm. There's some yeah. people that are very bold, very, very, very bold, um, but they don't mind. And personally, and also I've got a corporate job. So at some point people in my office are going to know that I'm on YouTube and I, whatever I'm saying on YouTube, I want to be able to say to their face as well and be comfortable enough to say to their face. Mm-hmm. And as of yet, I haven't said anything on Instagram or YouTube that I wouldn't say to one of my non-black colleagues. So mm-hmm. I'll just continue that way. Yeah. I think that's a great, metric to abide by Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially especially because it um you're I don't think like your last name is out there but at some point your name will be like googleable and it'll come up and yeah (laughs) or not you don't have to (laughs) the thought of it I just yeah I'm trying to protect my privacy at all costs Mm -hmm. um but yeah we will just see how it goes over the next few years um and yeah you never know my my stance may change so Mm. cacao now we're moving into the seedling round to wrap things up so that is when are you frozen (laughs) okay this yeah sorry yeah go on (laughs) seedling yes the seedling round all right okay. okay So it's a seedling round where small questions lead to tasty answers. All right. Okay. Bring it on. Where did the name Conversations with Culture come from? I initially had my YouTube called, it was called Journey with Gina. Mm -hmm. And then I was thinking about, because initially it was just going to be sort of self-care and that was it, like very broad self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I started making my videos, I, I began realize, I began to realize that my issues are like minority specific or black mm-hmm. Caribbean specific. Mm-hmm. And so the conversations that we're having are not about just self-care It's self-care under the guise of culture and colorism and yeah. racism and, and potentially like white supremacy and things like that, which affect the content that I'm going to be producing. So the conversation Mm -hmm. is not about self-care. It's about culture. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, and how culture can impact the way that women take care of themselves. And so that's why I decided to call it Conversations About Culture. Hmm. Nice. Um, what are the top three practices that are keeping you sane right now? Oh, journaling, prayer, and hmm, what keeps me sane? Journaling, prayer, and I guess having conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just talking I guess it's all to do with talking, getting things off my chest. It's just in different ways. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Cacao. That's the end of the seedling. Oh, nice. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> nice. It's time for plugs. Plugs. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Well, um, I am on Instagram, um, at Journey with Gina. And my YouTube account is Conversations About Culture um you can dm me um i try my best to respond to all my dms um so there's like a maybe like a three-day working three working days i'll try and get back to you i'll try and get back to you but yeah those are my two platforms um i'm also setting up a um skincare line like a natural skincare line called sharon's daughter so i'll plug that on my instagram and youtube close to the time when we've like sorted out all of the uh juicy ingredients and stuff but yeah follow me awesome i also just want to apologize because i've absolutely been miss saying or saying your youtube name incorrectly this whole time really i think i've been saying conversations with culture oh no it's about conversations about culture conversations about control yeah yeah that's okay just like edit it so every time you say with you could just do a voiceover and it'll say about but it'll be like a little bit louder so it'll be like conversations about (laughs) exactly perfect well thank you so much for being on the show i appreciate no worries at all it's a pleasure it's my first ever podcast Woo! i know i know congratulations to us i know but thank you thanks for reaching out to me absolutely i stay safe and well (laughs) Yeah, you too. You more than me. <laughs> you, you more than me. Because it's a bit safer over here than it than it is over there. So That's, okay. I I have this I don't think it should be a controversial opinion, but Europeans mm-hmm. seem to find it that way. Um I don't think that Europe is any less racist than America. It's just that in Europe you guys don't use guns as, you know, frequently and uh, truly nonchalantly as we do um no I I don't know because okay so I can't take Europe as a whole because there's like because it's a bunch yes there's loads and loads of countries and each one of those countries potentially could be quite racist so mm -hmm. I'd also um, so there's certain countries in Europe go on sorry I would like to say the way that you feel where you can't say because your every country in Europe is so different uh, exactly the same with the U.S., which is huge, and everyone's like, "All Americans do this. All Americans are blah blah." blah. And it's like, there's at least we're not even talking about. Oh my gosh, I can't get into it. <laughs> it's so crazy that people would try and say all Americans are something because we take up a whole continent. We cannot yeah. all be the same. It's hard for me. Okay, so from I'm I'm speaking from somebody who's in Britain, just okay. looking, right? Mm-hmm. The 
types of racism let's take guns out of it the types of racism that you experience from my personal experience is not the same Hmm. No, it's not the same. So I remember when I was in LA at the time when Mike Brown died, well, was shot. And I remember speaking to somebody. So I remember being in the streets in LA and it was like martial law. Like they had like, the police had massive guns in their hands and they're walking around the street. They weren't very pleasant at all. And, um, and so when we got back to the home, because we were staying with my partner at the time's family, um, we were just having a chat with them about it, his uncle. And I remember his uncle saying, um, you know, black men need to know how to talk to the police a bit better. And that has really stuck with me because from my experience, that is not the response we have in the UK within the black community. We don't have the response of like, and again, I'm, sp- I'm talking specifically my experience. Yeah. The response doesn't tend to be, well, what did the black person do mm-hmm. in order to be treated this way? It's more an outrage to the fact that you, we're, we're paying you to do a specific job mm-hmm. um, and the police are not doing their job correctly. And that's what the outrage is about. Mm-hmm. And so when I think of racism, I don't necessarily think about it in terms of a black versus white thing. It's more just the ideologies about race that some black Americans have in the States that we don't have here, which is almost like, it's like racism is completely filtered down. Yeah. But, and I haven't really experienced it to that level. And also our police officers here, um, whilst they can be very aggressive and they can be very violent, mm-hmm. it's not, I have to choose my words carefully, yeah it's not as they don't appear to have as much disregard for black people as as americans american police officers do uh, mm-hmm. but that's just me only mm-hmm. been in london all my life as in lived and grown up in london yeah um i don't know about other cities in the uk but yeah mm-hmm. so yeah fair enough they will say yeah I, I yeah I don't feel scared necessarily when I see a police officer um there is a level of like anxiety I guess just in case you do something slightly wrong but mm-hmm. I don't ever fear that my life my actual life is in danger however when I was in LA during that period I felt like if I even look at these guys incorrectly like something's going to happen. And I've been in New York and I was with my ex at the time. We were in New York for a few days and we couldn't get a cab. Mm-hmm. So we walked into a restaurant and um, we were like, can you help us? Because we can't seem to get a cab. And they pointed at my partner and said, he's the problem. And they said, if, if you, as in talking to me, if you just go out there and hail a cab, you'll be able to get a cab and then just ask him to come out. And I literally stepped out, held a cab, a cab came and then we got in. And those mm-hmm. types of things we don't tend to have issues with interesting in britain so Mm. that's just my take so yeah i mean we can only speak to our own experience (laughs) yeah that's just my take um but uh yeah i won't be i don't think i'll be visiting the states (laughs) (laughs) yeah not be on my to-do list but yeah i appreciate you um reaching out to me though Mm -hmm. 
I'm really happy that we had to we got to have this conversation yeah it's been good but um yeah I wish you the best of luck with this podcast it's really good very much yeah it's really good yeah so um but yeah but yeah have a good evening yes you too or a good night at this point maybe. yes close to actually because it's like just gone seven o'clock even though it's still bright out but yeah but yeah hopefully we'll speak soon yep all right hello welcome to the end of this episode thank you so much for listening i really appreciate that i really appreciate you i hope that you got something out of this And if you learned something, if you laughed, if you even just like my energy, please rate, review, subscribe, and share this with your friends. That will really help for this podcast and this community to grow. That helps me get more guests, and it means I can give you more of this delicious content. Much love, Athena Sayaka.